Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Hey there. Welcome back to Life Science Marketing Radio. As always, this podcast is sponsored by the Association of Commercial Professionals Life Sciences. The ACPLS annual meeting will take place in Philadelphia this year on October 19th through 21st. You can register for the ACPLS annual meeting at acp-ls.org. Now let's get on with the show. Greg Kruger is the Vice President of Global Sales at Virosite, and today we're going to be talking about some of the things that a sales team is looking for from their marketing partners. Greg, welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio. Well, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, right. First, before we dive in, tell me a little bit about Virosite so the listener has some context around that company and where this sure. discussion is coming from. Well, we're a very uh, early-stage startup company. Uh, we've been commercial for about a year and a half that we've been selling something that it, that it was ready for the commercial market. We make a virus counter. It's really the only instrument quite like it on the, on the market. It gives us real-time, biologically relevant particle counting. And our typical customer base are vaccines, protein production, uh, gene therapy. Yeah. And uh, we're moving along quite well, trying to professionalize our approach to marketing and sales. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking about that. Cool. So one of the things that always comes up when you know, you're talking to salespeople, and I've had this experience, is you know, we're always looking to generate leads as, as marketers. And then it um, there's always this mm-hmm. wave that we're riding between quality and volume. If the, you know, if if we got a lot of good leads, they say stop sending me, you know, all these crap leads. And if we don't have enough leads, mm-hmm. they say send me everything you've got. <laughs> True. So True. You've worked a few places. So what what are your thoughts on this? What what seems to work well and what doesn't? Well, certainly uh, you know, everyone's going to say, oh, I want the highest quality leads possible. Uh, what that exactly means can be so different from company to company. If I could have the perfect lead, it would say, well, the company definitely has a need. We know who the decision maker is and funding has been approved and, and you know, go get it. But those, those rarely come that way and uh, they certainly generally aren't developed along the way at a company. I have worked at places where we hired an outside uh, uh, lead qualification company to actually go through and, and do some of that qualification so that when it was handed off to sales, we knew that this was a real lead. Um, we, had, we coached the, the lead generation folks uh, extensively to, to ask the right questions and, and to really under, understand our product and, and whether or not there was a need there. Um, for the Working for a startup at this point, and that we have such a very focused product and really only one major product, uh, quality is, is paramount because we don't have the resources to go after volume. Uh, for a much larger company that has a wide breadth of products, having that quality or the, the volume is, is, is a great idea. But we just are not in that position. So we, we 
request and, and, and have come up with a lead scoring system to try to nurture our, peop- our leads uh, before they're handed off to sales. Okay. So and that was interesting. You say that for a bigger company, the volume's okay because if they don't want exactly what you have, you might have something else they want. Is that true? And, yeah, it's, absolutely. And if, if you have more of a commodity type of product, um, volume is king. You, you know, the, the more people you see, the more likely you are to, to get somewhere. It's not so much true when you have a very focused product. You can put an awful lot of, of effort into very marginal uh, very marginal leads and really just spin your wheels and spend money. So for us uh, as a small company, it's, it's, it's paramount that we get that done. So we'll come back to lead scoring in a second. But mm-hmm. the other thing you said that, that caught my attention or I want to ask you about is what has been your experience at many companies about um, really defining what a lead is between sales and marketing? Like how often do you, do you perceive that it's that everybody's really clear about about what that is? I would I would have to say that a lot of my experience in a lot of my experience it's not real clear. A lead is everything from we bought this name from a, a list. Uh, this person stopped by our booth. We had a conversation. To um, you know, the, this person contacted us and said, "I I need." be able to do X and I don't have the product and I think you do. And of course, th- those are all approached very differently. Um, it, w- with, with people who, the, the thing that you always have to worry about or the, the thing that you always wonder about is how many of these folks are truly great leads that they, they understand what they need, they understand what you offer, and they're, they're saying to you, please come and help versus people who say, you know, I love technology. <laughs> You know, and, and, and you've got a really neat technology here. And, boy, I'd sure like to spend a lot of time talking about it. No, no, I don't do anything like that. <laughs> um, and and you, need to, you need to sort through that sometimes. Uh, I've certainly had customers who, after purchasing a product, have said, I want to hear about everything that you bring out. It may not, may not be relevant to me, but I just love it. And, and that, that's absolutely fine because you've already, you know, you've already got somebody that you're uh, as, as a customer and, and you're willing to work that through. And if they're really willing to partner with you, they're going to say, oh, that'd be great for Joe down the hall or, or Marie over there. Um, but the, the, that's where you run into a little bit of a problem with both volume leads and even self-selected leads. Sometimes they're just self-selecting because they think it's neat technology. Yeah. So tell me, let's talk about lead scoring a little bit. Tell me, mm-hmm. I understand what it is, but just for general purposes for people who might not know about lead scoring – Tell me a little bit about what, how you sure. see it. Well, what we've been doing, uh, obviously, we collect names, we collect uh, accounts, etc., from from lots of different places. And a lot of those come in, as I said, uh, someone gets on our website, they submit a form saying, send me some information, or I'd like to sign up for your webinar or something like that. Um, again, we don't know anything about them. We don't know what their need is. In our case, we don't know what their viruses of interest are, for example, or why they need to quantitate. So it's a, it's a bit of an amorphous lead. We don't, we don't have any information. Um, and we found it a bit counterproductive to simply say, ooh, somebody's on the website, we should go call them. First of all, it's, it, it, it's too soon. You, you, a lot of people are just looking. They're kicking the tires to see if this is a good idea or not. And when, when you go after them 
what they perceive as aggressively, um, it puts them off. Some folks, I think, uh, I've even seen people who, uh, a salesperson who would send a message out saying, hey, I saw you were on our website. Well, that's, that's also a little creepy. You know, it's something that puts people off in a hurry. So what we do is we collect those names and we look at what they have done. And we've scored each of those. Let's say uh, if they click a page, it's worth a point, for example. If they download a content, it's worth 10 points. If they sign up for a webinar, it's worth 13 points. Just various things that, that we, we're scoring out and we're still figuring out what those numbers should be. And when they hit a certain score, we consider them marketing qualified and we hand them off to sales. So as marketing works these names through and nurtures them, we're getting a little more sophisticated trying to figure out exactly if there's content that indicates they might be a buyer, uh, if there's content that indicates maybe they're a decision maker, um, content that indicates that they've moved to a certain point. And we're also working on some of the content to say, all right, well, if our, if our magic number is 70 that makes them marketing qualified, when do we start to ask them, send them email, for example, that's a little more pointed towards sales? Hey, uh, would you like a demonstration? Would you like uh, a visit to have a presentation to you and your laboratory to fully understand the virus counter? That's how we're approaching uh, the, the lead scoring and what we, we're referring to as marketing qualified leads. Setting up the, score, the scoreboard or the, the score chart, then accumulating that score, and then going after, after that lead when it's been fully qualified. It's a, it's a work in progress, though. Yeah, brilliant. So I, I love the explanation of everything. A couple of questions came up that I hadn't thought of. So when you say um, you're looking to see if a particular piece of content um, indicates that they are ready to buy or that they are a decision maker, mm -hmm. are you saying that they have already downloaded a piece of content and you're trying to correlate that backwards with what you now know about people or are you trying to figure out what content would help you? Should you create a piece of content where you could say to yourself, I know if they download this thing, they are definitely going to, you know, in the market? Well, uh, that's, that's, uh, they're definitely related too. I, I mean, we have, we have classic content, uh, shall we say, like a, a data file or something that most companies offer, some white papers. We also have case studies, and we're trying to, to really look at, does a decision maker truly look at the bigger picture? Is there something here where we talk about improving a process and therefore improving your, your uh, bottom line? If that's there, is that more of an indication that they're, they're a decision maker? Because they're looking at things beyond, well, what's its sensitivity, or can I look at this particular virus? Those kinds of things. So um, you're, you're absolutely right. We're doing both. Uh, we don't really have that killer content right this second or the targeted content that, that should make that clear. But we're definitely working on, well, what does that mean? Nice. Well, I, yeah, I just uh, I thought that was interesting because I, I never really thought about the backwards looking possibilities of after you've accumulated a lot of data, you might be able to go mm -hmm. back and look at how you score people and go, if we adjust our score this way, we can be we can increase right. our quality 
by some fraction to know that. Yeah, absolutely, and and we definitely uh, are working at that. And and with the tools that we have today, with the publishing and all that, we can quickly tweak a piece uh, with some new text or whatever to see if that makes any difference. Um, we're very early stages trying this kind of thing, and and as I said, we're a startup, so resources are pretty tight. But we uh, we see it as as paramount to our success that we do a good job with this. Because again, we can't chase volume leads. Right. So we have to make sure we're chasing the best leads. Do you, I can imagine in a larger company, I mean, and I'm curious about mm-hmm. your own company, does it take a certain amount of discipline among the sales team to to understand the strategy and buy into the whole thing like we're not gonna send you everything right away? Yes, that's a very good uh, that's a very good question and a very good observation because obviously a salesperson, you know, give me a lead, give me a lead, yeah. give me a lead, and to to have the concept that no, we're sitting on this until uh, is very difficult. So we've we've had the heart to hearts um, and said, you know, we will we we're going to change it so that every Visitor to the website doesn't come to you immediately. Uh, we're going to work this program, and we've just made it very clear that we have to work this program. It's part of the measurables for the company. Um, we're turning out enough. Every uh, I, I, I run the new report about every two to six weeks, depending on on volume that we've had come in, and we're turning out enough leads that it's making a difference. Um, we've, in, in, so far we have probably, I'm just trying to think. I mean, we've certainly had some very good hits. I don't I want to really go into numbers specifically, yeah. but we've had some excellent hits. Um, people that we did not know were in the market. And so that's indicating to us that our marketing qualified lead project is asking some of the right questions. I, mean, I don't think it's ever going to be finished. We'll always be tweaking it, but I think we're asking or scoring correctly, I should say, and, and that we are turning out some people that are qualified. And I, I can imagine, tell me if you think this is true, that the payoff is, imagine you don't start this way and, and mm-hmm. you're a little more loose with sending leads. It becomes harder to make that transition and and you just, one, for a change in process, and two, um, that people will get wrapped up chasing lower quality leads and miss some opportunities, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's probably better to suffer the impatience now. And then, as your volume picks up, they're going to be really grateful that they're not spending time on low quality leads, and that everything they get, they know exactly what to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's just it's going to be some some pain before the the whole payoff happens. But uh, I myself am am very pleased with how we've gotten people that just were not on our radar screen as potential leads, but based on their activity, have now qualified and upon contacting have said, uh, "Yeah, come on in." You know, we're we're actually that sounds like a great idea to to look at your product, and that. Of course, is the big pl- uh, the big payoff for the salesperson too, uh, that the person they're talking to is, at least on paper, well informed, 
uh, is making a good decision or is making a decision based on evidence to, that they want to see you rather than, uh, you know, the, in the early days of uh, databases and things like, say, Salesforce.com, where you would be informed of somebody uh, filling out a form and becoming a lead, you know, people would send out emails saying, um, hi, my name is XYZ, and should you have any questions about our product, please call me. And there just was no, no value in that. So what we've done with this is we, we've gotten somewhat of a self-selected customer. They are relatively well-informed based on, on what they've downloaded. And we can then engage with them at a much higher level right from the start. And if we, if we then, we hold back some content sometimes so that we can then go back to them with an email that, that provides value to them. Because, again, just informing them that, oh, I'm your sales rep. When you're ready, come to me, uh, is, is pretty useless. But if we can come back with saying, well, you know, um, here's a case study on the virus of interest that you left, that you let us know you were looking at. Um, we just got this done. You're the first person to receive it. That's, that, that has a ton of value. Uh, I love that. In fact, that reminded me of something else I was going to ask when you were talking earlier. When you when – you contact you talked about sending someone an email as their score became mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was wondering um, if you if part of the strategy is to send an email that you hope will trigger them and maybe put them over the top as they're approaching the qualification score and maybe it doesn't really matter but like but it sounds like it, we well right? we haven't yeah, we haven't really experimented yet with the email that puts them over the top as much as we have once they're over the top, uh, coming back to them with value. Right. And that makes total sense. So, so that we introduce ourselves and now we're sales rep is associated with, ah, value. Excellent. Yes. I like, yeah, that's a much better idea. So, um, so for companies that aren't doing lead scoring yet, if, is there been something you say, um, this is something people should know if they're doing lead scoring. Well, I, we are so early on. Um, I think a lot of what I've talked about here is, well, it's being implemented, absolutely, but a lot of it is um, more of a, this is the way we hope it all winds up. Um, as I said, we are getting some good leads, but uh, um, I would say... It's it's really very important to we get so much information on people and we have so many names that we can go after and depending on where your company is is in the 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 width and or the breadth of their product line uh, things like that you really need to figure out some way to go after those best accounts because it's just getting more and more expensive. I mean, look at look at what salespeople might spend on hotels and flights and all this kind of thing. And really, it comes down to the survivability of the company and the bottom line of the company need to say, we're only going after the best leads. And uh, with something like lead scoring, you can churn out the best leads, I think. And uh, I think we're beginning to see some of it. That's Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, this is the first, I mean, I've been aware of lead scoring for a while, but this is the first real case study I've sort of talked about or talked to someone about actually doing it. So this is fantastic. Um, 
Let's right. shift gears a little bit and just kind of wrap up. So, um, of course, marketers are always, in addition to leads, you know, trying to measure other things that impact um, their contribution to sales. So it's nice to pull up page views and downloads and time on site and things like that. And some of those, you know, page view or a download, those can be scored as well. And that definitely provides value. But are there other contributions that marketing can make to help the sales team but are, aren't so easy to measure that people might be missing because they have this measuring mindset? Not to say that measuring is bad, but just things you're missing mm-hmm. that you wouldn't measure. Well, as a broad statement, I would say that the, the biggest thing that marketing, and I, I've been in marketing for uh, many positions that I've been in um, for many years, the thing that, that one always has to be aware of is measuring effectiveness as opposed to measuring activity. And I think we as marketers sometimes fall into checking things off of our, uh, our list and saying, hey, look what I did. When in reality, what you've done is spent time and finished a task and checked it off your list. It hasn't been really measured against what did that do for us here. Um, and I think, I think it begins very early on. If you look at marketing all the way back to the product management side, being able to talk to customers and, and translate those needs into, into features for your product, I think that, that's not easy to measure per se. But if you come out with a product that's new to the world and has new to world features, I mean, those are all things that you as a marketer uh, figured out through talking to customers and, and, and finding out where the difficulties were. So I think that's one uh, very nuts and bolts thing that, that is uh, not, not so easily measured. Uh, I guess you could measure that in terms of sales by people saying, oh, I bought it because it had this feature. But in a, in a, a, a greater sense, it's hard to measure. Um, I think there's a, a lot of times where salespeople will sometimes pursue a sale in, in, and not see the whole picture. For example, um, a very important customer that... Uh, may have multiple sites, et cetera. And of course, as a salesperson, it's, there's a rational self-interest. You know, I need this sale. I need to make my quota, et cetera, et cetera. And I think marketing can help out there in having them see the whole picture to say, well, let's not just go after this sale. Let's go after 14 sales around the country to all their other sites, things like that, that aren't always available or, I mean, not available, but aren't always obvious to a salesperson because you are, you are very focused. So I think bringing the big, bigger picture isn't really measurable per se, but uh, is something that's very important for the, for the sales folks, uh, sorry, the marketing folks. Um, keep keeping in touch with thought leaders and opinion leaders. Those kinds of things are very important to product development, to understanding trends, to be able to say, you know, um, guys, you really should be going after this area. We haven't done that before, but our product looks like it would fit very nicely. Those are the kinds of things that uh, I think are important for marketing that is hard to measure, but uh, really makes a difference on the sales side as well. Excellent. Well, uh, this whole conversation has been fantastic. I really liked um, the 
in-depth conversation about the lead scoring. I think that's going to be really helpful for people listening. And then uh, I would consider it the icing on the cake to go beyond, you know, measuring lead quality and expand marketers' minds to think about the things they can't measure but they could do that would make a difference for their company. So, Greg Kruger, this has been fantastic. I want to thank you for your time, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again sometime. I do too, Chris. Thank you again for the opportunity. All right. My pleasure. Well, there you have it. A fantastic explanation of lead scoring and a great case study, as well as some good ideas for how a marketing team can help out the sales team with activities that may not be quite as measurable. Hey, don't forget uh, the ACPLS annual meeting is now open for registration. You can find that at acp-ls.org slash annual dash meeting so check that out we're gonna have some great speakers some of them you've heard here recently on the podcast and as always a reminder if you're enjoying the podcast tell two of your friends and i look forward to talking to you in a couple weeks bye-bye